Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Madman Recap. This is your host, Paul, uh, coming to you high atop the Brooklyn studios in beautiful Brooklyn, New York. As always, I'm joined by our uh, professional, our studious, our, I dare say, beautiful co-host, Dr. John in beautiful Columbus, Ohio. How are you, Dr. John? Oh, long time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> little inside baseball here uh listeners um so this is the second john and i usually have to re-record this little opening like twice because i always f it up but both times john john has come at me with the intensity of a tiger for his first little you know uh, it, it's wonderful john that's what i'm trying to get across it's all you deserve thank you Thank you. Uh, so we're uh, we. Uh, it's been a while, John. It's been a long time. Uh, we've been on a hiatus. Um, I think that's a boat. You have a good holiday. I had a I had a really great holiday. I have actually I have some exciting news for our uh, our our Mad Men our Mad Men recap fans here. I've gotten that much closer, and I'm holding my fingers close together. I've gotten that much closer to the Mad Men. Did, how, I, how, did I tell you this story? No. I was at, and this just, I, I, I want to be, I want to be fair. This makes me sound like a weirdo. Okay. But I celebrated New Year's with a cast member of the show. No. Would you like to guess who? Peggy? No. Joan? Uh, no. All right. Who was it? I think on the show, his name was Abe. Uh, oh, the, yeah, he, the dweeby date guy. Hey, let's not call him dweeby. I know this guy now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, he's a, he's a really he's a really nice guy. Uh, he's a friend of a friend, and uh, we ended up going uh, to his cabin um, uh, upstate New York uh, for for news. Actually, it's it's, it's like a country house. Uh, it's family's country house. Um, and I've got to say, I mean, it was really cool, but it was also really embarrassing, John, because, you know, I, I was all I was all just, you know, want to play cool. I wasn't even going to say anything. Right. OK. Because it, I, to to be honest, it makes you, I now I, I love doing this show with you. You know, yeah, it's fun. Right. But when you tell somebody you look like a wackadoo. Wait, well, not, why? Why? Well, I just feel like oh, here's the thing we, we do. We do this show for free. Right. Right. And put and you know for all accounts put in maybe not a shit ton of time and effort but time and effort right and I don't know it just it, so if if someone if some it's it's like this John if someone came up to you and said hey Doctor John I don't know you we've never met but I do a podcast about you we did you'd be like what yeah I are guess. you a wackadoo except so I was, that this guy knows millions of people have seen him that he's never met. True, true, but still, that's all I'm saying. All right. So, so how'd it go? So, like I said, I wasn't going to say anything. But my buddy, who's buddies with Abe, we're just going to leave it at Abe. Uh, we're standing in the kitchen. He's making meatballs, right? Abe is making meatballs. I'm just drinking. You know, it's it's New Year's. It's er, but it's early in the day on New Year's Eve. Uh, I'm just drinking, just talking, just hanging out. You know. And, uh, and, uh, so my buddy's like, Hey, Paul, come over here, man. He's like, you got to talk to still, we'll just still call him Abe. Hey, you know, you got to talk to Abe here, man. Abe, Paul does this podcast called the Mad Men Pot. And I am just like, Oh, for Christ. I look like a 
effing wackadoo. But I got to say, Abe was really cool about it. Yeah. Uh, he talked to me a little while about it. Had he heard of it? Uh, yeah, he told me that the entire cast listens to this show religiously. But but nobody more so than Matt Weiner. Matt Weiner takes direction from this show. That's what he told me. <laughs> that's that's just what he told me. I can't verify it. So so but, no so no he hadn't heard of the show. So no one has heard of the show, of course. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course not. No no one had heard of the show, but um, but it was cool. You know, uh, uh, he said it's it, it's a very it's a very uh, they're very tight about you know. Uh, any information about the show well of course um so of course he didn't tell me anything and even if he did right i would not tell you guys on the show that's just not true i'm sorry no i may maybe he did maybe he didn't maybe he did but it was it was fun though i mean it was cool so uh kit and i came back and watched uh, you know we were like oh man we we can barely remember abe like in the in 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 the show so we came back and watched the episode just a good job it's a good job. I most of you may remember he he was kind of the beatnik hippie friend, all anti-establishment. It looked like him and Peggy were going to get together, and they did hook up. To be fair, right? Oh, I tried to get him to talk about January Jones a little bit. Oh, how'd that go? I was like, I was, I was like, I was like, hey man. Uh, so like, you know, you, you hear about the entire cast being really cool. You know, like they all get along and they party, and you know that's just like a fun time. Except for you know who, and he's like, yeah, I know who. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I heard January Jones is a real turd face. And he's like, I don't, yeah, I don't. he wouldn't say anything. Of course. Come Probably on. because he knows I'm a douchebag who has a podcast, which is incredibly popular that, you know, I, I would I would have to go back and tell. But no, he was very he's very he was very nice about the whole cast. He had nothing, nothing bad to say about anybody. And um, yeah, so it was just it was fun, especially for the fact that we do this show. Well, fantastic. And, yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, speaking of doing the show, let's get into the show, man. Oh, you want to get into the show? You don't let's want to do more? You don't want to do a little more back and forth, a little rabble rouse? But you, you put them through a half hour already. Six minutes, John. All right. Yeah. Not okay. even. Not even. I want to ask you. I, 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 come on. People, here's the thing. People think, you know, they, they, they turn this show on because they love Mad Men. Right. They turn up the volume because of us. You know what I mean? You get where I'm going there? You lost me. Okay. Uh, have, uh, how was how was your New Year's, John? Uh, New Year's was great. New Year's was great. Celebrated here, right here in Columbus. Got to take yeah. in the professional hockey game, and then uh, hit up a little party with some friends. Mm-hmm. Ring in the ball with uh, who is it? Seacrest and and the guy that's been there for 80 years. Yeah, Dick Clark. Yeah, Dick Clark, the yeah. forever teenager who had a stroke. And that's uh, that was it. It was nice, quiet. The- Really fun. Well, good. Good. That's great. Now, John, um, we've been on this hiatus, and uh, and I and I don't I don't want to say I've cheated, but I have. Uh, I've been watching a few other shows. What you don't have a choice. You got to watch something, right? Right. And I, and when I say a few other shows, I, there's actually only one that I've gotten into like a crazy person. And that is. That is Sons of Anarchy. It's on FX. It's about a motorcycle gang. And it is like nonstop, pull your hair out, good times. All right. It is the best. Do you know this? Uh, the, the, uh, there's uh, like the, the head lady, biker mom, 
uh, her name is Gemma. She is the woman, she was the mom for Married with Children. Now, I want you to watch this show, and when Gemma comes on, be like, oh my God, Paul was right. This is cray. It is huh. crazy. Okay. Uh, but no, I, re- I highly recommend it. Now, it's really violent, so um, I, a lot, I don't know, if you're a lady and you like a lot of romantic comedies, this may not be your, your to do. But if you're a dude who needs to watch a show where people get hit in the face sometimes, and yep. by sometimes, I mean at least four times an episode. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. This is your show. I mean, I'm, a not, I'm not a very violent person. You know, I don't like ac- action adventure stuff, you know, but I love this show, John. Okay. Absolutely. If we were to do another podcast, I would do it on Sons of Anarchy. Huh. It's all okay. Saying. All, all right. I'm saying. Have you, have you fallen in love with any other shows? Well, I was uh, just the other day. I stumbled upon a show that was on. I don't know how long ago. Called the Tudors. Mm-hmm. Uh, about King Henry the Eighth, fifteen hundreds, kind of a uh, whole different period piece compared to Mad Men. And you're liking it. I gotta say, it's really good. I hear it's very sexy, John. Is it very? Is it very sexy? They, they yeah, no, they're they're big on the sexy. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a big part of it. I know that you're big on the sexy. Can't help that. <laughs> Some things cannot be helped. You're right. You're right, John. When you're right, you're right. And you're right on this account. Some things cannot be helped. So that's it, though? It's just you and the toots? Yeah, that's it. I found that uh, I haven't gotten into it on like the Netflix or bought it or anything. I found it on the, the BBC America. Is that a channel? It is. You know how I feel about the Europeans, John. Well, they don't like to say that they're Europeans either, so I think you're okay. What? Yeah, British really kind of distance themselves you know, from those like, guys, though. They're douches. The, <laughs> no, I did, we have a lot of... No, that's not true, because I know we have a lot of listeners in the UK who just consider themselves... So, so do British people just consider themselves right? Like, is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, they, they had the whole empire and everything. Yeah, I think the key word there was had. Oh, am I oh, right? Now they're just a tiny uh, little island with Tony Blair. Don't say that too loud. I well, you know, I'll, it, this is true. <laughs> I, they're they can be a violent people. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, I'm, I'm glad that what, we got off is, on our social sciences. Is uh, yeah, well, sure. Is uh, is uh, the, the UK? Because I'm a stupid American. I wanna, I wanna, whatever I'm gonna say is under that umbrella. Uh, because I'm a stupid American. The UK it counts both both Scotland and Ireland, correct? Uh, well, Northern Ireland. Ireland's right. its own country. Uh, it's all split up and it's a disaster. But the UK, it's all counted in that. No. The United not. Kingdom. Right. Northern Ireland. Ireland is its own country. Listen, John, I don't have time to split Ireland into two <laughs> countries. All right. Well, let's let's kind of roll on to this show, shall we? Here's what I'm, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. It's been a long time, and the listeners know I only talk to John uh, in uh, you know over Skype to do this show. <laughs> That's no, and I appreciate that. It's the only time we speak, so I'm sorry. I'm right. sorry if I want to catch up a little bit. You know what, everybody? It's been a while. Relax. All right, we'll get into the show. And I thought we could ease in. This is the first and only time that we are recapping a recap. Mm-hmm. This was show number one way back. Can you believe that this was recorded back in? 2009. August of 2009. Get out of here. 
Yeah. I I have listened back, and I, it hasn't been lately, but I have listened back to that episode, and John, it is a pile of garbage. Well, the, the audio quality, I admit, was poor, but come on, I think the banter, the insights, they, they were also poor. So we've improved. <laughs> I think I was also, <laughs> in, like, intoxicated to the point where... Oh, that's beca- right. Yes. It heavily, became a bit... Heavily yeah, drunk. It, be- it became a bit difficult. <laughs> Glad to see some things don't change. Yeah. And uh, it was, so away we go. This is episode six, season three. A man, a guy, a guy walks into an advertising agency. And John, you know, a lot of people would say, hey, you already learned three things, possibly. I don't know if I did that in the first episode, but I learned another three things, John. All right. And I'd like to go over them with you now. Let's review. Let's review. Uh, number one. Babies, although without speech or ability to walk, command an army of fairies to do their bidding, John. That scared me. This is true, though. I know. Yes, to be that. The one thing we left off of there, and warlock babies. Warlock Which, babies. That makes me feel better, because if it was all babies, I don't know what we'd do. Oh, no, we'd, we'd have a problem. And how many fairies do each... Well, they get an army of fairies, but is that two? Or is that, like you know, like 10,000? Right. Is that a troop? Or is that a battalion? 10, a, a platoon? Right. <laughs> Number two, John. Uh, sometimes getting your foot in the door... Can be a dangerous proposition. Oh, oh. Hey, oh. <laughs> yeah, all right. Wow. Yep, yep, okay. Uh, number three, number three, John. Uh, Joan, we will miss you and your first aid skills. And John, so uh, just so the listener knows, uh, John wrote these tonight. Was her first aid skills, is that a euphemism? Uh, no, that's not. That's. Were you being cute, John? She can really jump on a situation. <laughs> you all right? I think so. Okay. Moving on. So, here we go. Let's, John. I want you to ease me in, because you know what? I'm. I'm going to be honest with you. I am rusty. All right. Well, you know it's a. What's amazing about this? I, I don't know about you, but I, I watch the opening every time. Whether it's on uh, my computer, on the DVD, on the TV, this is just—it's—it's it's a great opening sequence. But we'll go through that and get right to the Draper household. It's nighttime. In fact, it's ten thirty. Uh, Daddy Don's walking through the house and sees little Sally's light is on and has to check in on her. Uh, he thinks maybe it just got left on. Flicks it off. She's still awake. She's scared of the dark, and I think we'll find out soon why. Uh, but really, she says that um, she she's just scared of the dark. She hasn't really owned up to what she's nervous about. Uh, I thought the best line out of this exchange was uh, <laughs> when when Don says, you know, we, we got to turn the lights off. She goes, I know you're not Tom Edison. Showing that uh, in fact. <laughs> Showing that in fact. Uh, he doesn't own the lighting company. Exactly. Yeah, or as some would call it, the power company. Uh, but but I think Don, you know, Don's very. Uh, this uh, this is just a great contrasting scene between him and January Jones, aka Betty Monster. As a parent, you know, I, I mean, he he's firm. He turns the light off, but he's comforting. Yeah. You know, and uh, he turns the light off, and he heads out. And that's it for our little ease into the scene now we're gonna hit it full speed 
Hit me up. We're going to the office. And it opens with a close-up of a memo, and it gives us the date. So we're the 1st of July, 1965. And it says there's going to be a mandatory meeting for everybody, all employees, 9 a.m., main floor. You know, nobody likes to get a, a memo like that, right? No. You know, there's something something bad is on the horizon. And so uh, the, the, the brass of the organization, they take the front of the room, minus uh, Don, who apparently uh, shows up late. And uh, our little our little frog of a man, Mister Hooker, calls everybody around. I hate you know what I hate that guy. I think they've done that well. He could be my they, least favorite character. Yes, and I think that's on purpose. He's done that great. He has done a he has done a brilliant job. This is true. So he just he, he does the hear ye hear ye, and Lane wants to announce that the English are coming, the British are coming, uh, and we have to get ready. Unfortunately, I guess either they're not aware of the holiday or they're completely aware and they're being jackasses about Douchebags because they're right, because they're British. Because yeah, they lost. Exactly. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. And, uh, uh, for all our British fans, uh, you did lose, though, to be fair. <laughs> and so uh, instead of having a holiday on the 3rd like they were supposed to, they don't. And everybody's uh, upset, Lane, you know. Make sure you're all ship-shape, blah, blah, blah. And uh, after that, we hear that they are, in fact, planning something for Joan's last day. And this is throwing a wrinkle into it. Because what's her last day going to be? And uh, just, just ugly. You know, it's funny how, uh, you know, uh, it, you can kind of see uh, in, in this scene where they're talking about Joan's last day. How, like, Peggy, like, kind of wants to be part of, like, planning something with the girls. Right. She's not, she's, she, she doesn't really fit there. Nope. Uh, and, and she also doesn't, she, she can't go talk to the guys. She's yeah, a, no, she's isolated. She's, she's a lonely soul, John. Yeah. Lonely but, soul. But best. you're right. She, she wants to be involved. She says something about, and I think, you know, she's like, oh, well, we should buy her something, you know, which probably even isolates her further because the girls probably don't have much expendable cash. Sure. Um, you know, whereas she probably does, uh, or at least some. She'll have yeah maybe a bit more. She now had she, had she had not moved to Manhattan yet in this in in this part. It's tough because when you go back in the series like this, it's tough to know what has happened. Right, because you 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 know what has happened, and like our friend Allison's there with the group, and you know we know what oh, happens right. way that's down right. the road from her. That's um, right. But anyways, right after that little planning party, I did think that was pretty funny. Where um, uh, Walker comes up to the hooker, the, the hooker comes up to the douche crew. And is like, uh, okay, we need presentations from you and you and Kinsey shave the beard. And, that, that was and Kinsey terrible. freaks out. Oh, he loses it. Here's the thing. I, I miss hating him. I miss hating Kinsey. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like he just he made he makes me want to hit. Right. And I got to be honest with you, uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen. And I know I've said this many times, but if you want to find yourself a Kinsey in this modern day. This is modern day New York. You head out to Williamsburg, you will find them on every block, and you can punch all of them. <laughs> you can punch all of them. And they can't quite punch you back because they don't know how. And if they do know how, they're afraid. I recommend it. You know what? Take a vacation. <laughs> Take a vacation. You stay with me, and we'll go, we'll go punching people with beards. <laughs> and we get off the office floor. We head up to Bert's. Uh, shoeless office and uh, for some reason he decides to offer a conjecture to Don saying that they think the English are coming for him which would be even scarier 
But uh, no, he thinks that they've they've paid attention to his work. They think he's done great work. That he thinks they're going to make Don, you know, some kind of you know multi-director overseer looking at both London and New York. And uh, for some reason, Don, you know, takes this immediately to heart um, as these two guys are, you know, just really imagining what they're coming for. And we'll we'll find out shortly that this isn't accurate. Do you find yourself easily fooled by the elderly? Well, I do because a lot of times they're not sure what they're saying. (laughs) So in a different way. Right. I am fooled because they are fooled. I am fooled because it seems like they should know. (laughs) Right? Like you've been here longer. Right. Like it really just comes down to who's been here longer and I have to yield. They've been here longer. They should know. And and it ends with uh, you know Don and and uh, and Sterling are still just kind of a little back and forth, and they've been this way for some time. And and uh, Cooper's like, "That's it. You're, this is stupid. Fix this," and sets them up to to head out together. And uh, which is probably a good idea. Did your ever boss ever sit you and a, a coworker down and be like, "Hey, knock it off"? Uh, no. I mean, wouldn't that be good for office morale to get that kind of stuff fixed up? I guess so. All right. Oh well, I've never had a, I've never had like any real beef with anybody. Really? Yeah. You're the easygoing guy. Uh, yeah. You know what, John? I, if there's one thing I don't like to do, it's I don't like to start trouble. You know what I mean? Here's the thing, John. Not once. We've all got to live together. You know what I mean? It's one family. It is one team, one dream. John, get on board or get off the ship. Or get on the lawnmower, which is oh what... Oh, uh, I mean, honest, couldn't you tell from moment one when this thing drove in the office this this was a bad, bad thing? Uh, to me, it, it was a good thing, John, and I'll tell you why. Because if you go to uh, minute five, second 52... Yes. Uh, you see the look on Rapey Pete's face of just like, come on! You know what I mean? <laughs> like, are you, are you serious? He gets... that the. the and the, ah. but uh, you know he's like, hey, it's done. We got the John Deere contract, and uh, they're like, oh, you better get out of here. The British are coming, um, and uh, and and our one guy who is just never Dale, which is never in the show. Is his name like, Dale? Yeah, but yet, like he he pops in and out, right? I like know. he was he was in in like the early seasons, right? He, I don't. I don't get it. Anyways, he's like, "Well, you got it. You got that account just in time." And and, <laughs> and Bucktooth gives just like the, "Oh yeah, I guess I did." Duh-hoo. Duh-hoo. Yeah. It just uh, wanders off. It was fantastic. Well done, Cosgrove. Well done. And that uh, you know he he kind of spins us back to the house where we have uh, <laughs> the scariest shot in the history of Mad Men: Betty Monster and Warlock Gene mm. together in the bed, baby sleeping. Bobby number 3.0 walks in and uh, asks to pet it. Uh, actually, it was hysterical. He goes, I'm bored. Betty, go bang your head against the wall. I love it. That's you like how you that? parent. You, you, like know what, you, 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 you know what's great about that? That's problem solving, John. Only she boring just people say, are bored. She, she didn't just say figure it out. She right? gave him an option he could do. Right, right, yeah. She gave him a goal and a directive. That's right. Good on her. John, um... No, number one, there's been a rumor out on the internet that uh, Betty Monster actually ate two of the Bobbies. That's why the third one just left. 
The third one left because he's like, I got to get out of Dodge, man. Right, right. She is eating these kids. That was actually a fantastic uh, just grouping of posts to the Facebook about the Bobby comments. Where, you know, it, you saw that, right? The interview that he gave. He was like, yeah, they're all cool except, except, for, January. <laughs> yeah, except for January Jones, who's a psycho. I mean, who is great. I'm, no, you know what? She's a psycho. Um, <laughs> it's funny because uh, in, this, in this scene, you get to see uh, the, the fact that she's apparently chosen Jean to be the child she loves. Right. Oh, man. I, I, I do... I, do hate bet, uh, uh, little Sally. Little Sally, not cool. Um, I don't think anybody pays attention um, to Bobby. Right. Bobby has had no storyline. It's like he doesn't even exist. He right. might as well be the lamp on the end table. Right. But Warlock Gene, my friend, big things. Big things. He grows up to be Barack Obama. I don't know if you knew this. <laughs> I don't. I don't know because we saw the birth certificate. It seems this, like a long show, shot. So. It seems like a long shot, John. But he grows up to be Barack Obama. I think the the time is just right. Exactly. Um, exactly. Now, in the next scene, have you ever done this? Have you gone to like a, a men's place and done the whole schmear with the the shave and the manicure and all that? Believe it or not, John. Yep. I don't like to be touched. Oh. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> I don't, and that makes me sound like a wackadoo for the, I don't know, already in the new year, the hundredth time. But when I say I don't like to be touched, it's by like a strange, a stranger. You know what I mean? So I'm not going to go be like, hey, uh, why don't you rub my face down with your hands and then massage my fingernails? And what? No. I just think that's weird. Now, I know, John, you're a big fan of going and getting massages. Absolutely, the and, and shaves like this. Yes, you've done this many times. Many times. You many feel like ma- a million bucks when you leave. You feel like a million dollar bill. Yes, and you, you probably just spend a couple hundred. I am so used to feeling like the underside of a tire that uh, I'm 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 afraid it would be such a shock to my system to feel good. Uh, I don't know. I'm not interested. All right, all right. Well, so but that's where we're at. We're at a, you know a nice place. Don's getting a shave and a rub down. Roger's getting a manicure, and uh, you know finally we we do get into it a little bit where uh, where Roger's whole thing is he you know he doesn't like being judged, and I think he felt Don was judging him with yeah. his uh, little Jane lady. Man, um, I I do not I, I do not like that girl. And uh, it, it <laughs> it's it's great. Uh, you know, Don goes, it's fine. Roger's like, well, it's not gratitude, but I'll take it. Take what you can get, man. That's right. That's right. And then and Don says thank you, and I think you can really feel a perceptible change in the relationship. Uh, you know, I think this this accomplished what Coop wanted it to. I guess. I, no? Because I, I, I think from here on, I mean, we don't really see any more of the, you know, the, the jabbing that we've they do, seen for the last uh, six episodes or so. They do kiss and make up, you're right. Pretty well. Yep, yep, yep. So, uh, you know, and we get out of here. Uh, we get we leave them to their massages and so forth. Mm-hmm. And we see, we you know, we see Joan kind of getting everything set up, uh, you know, trying to coordinate so things are running and, and humming along when the British show up. And, uh, and, and, and the hooker guy. Man. Man. <laughs> the hooker guy. <laughs> yeah, he's not cool, man. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. He's a little... He, He's a well, little he, weasel. He is, and he comes over and he's saying like, "Hmm, 
Yeah, all the ladies are looking pretty bland. And, she, and you know, and then I, I think appropriately, Joan takes a little offense to that, asks if we'd, uh, you know, if they'd like to get some prostitutes, given how much the government officials like them in England. And, uh, and he just is like, well, uh, you know, I guess we can just reschedule your surprise party. Like, yeah. What a dick. What a exactly. dick. And, what uh, you a know, dick. Joan has a really nice, sharp little, uh, little comeback for him, but still, just, just terrible. A-hole. Clearly. And, uh, yes. You know, and I think it's, uh, but I did think her comment was, uh, you know, really appropriate to her job. She's like, look, when you, when you wake up wondering what you forgot, don't call me. Because mm-hmm. she, she does it. She runs it. Mm-hmm. So she storms out, and then Don kind of saunters home uh, with his smooth shave, and it drops a little uh, a little nugget on Betty Monster, saying, "Hey, what do you think of London?" Um, and you know that that gets her interest. Oh, are you I kidding didn't. me? Could get a real nanny. Wouldn't have to stay with these damn kids. I, I okay. I think they've got a real nanny now. I know. You know what I, I mean? I don't know what what a real nanny would be different from Carla. I believe Carla is is that's a good nanny. Yes. Yeah. What a, what a bitch. Uh, maybe a real nanny doesn't get any time off. Period. I don't know. Oh my god! I'm serious, John. I'm serious. But uh, you know that that was, it was just a, a short little uh, little interchange there, and then we get back over to so when Joan was leaving the office, she was saying how she was going to make a celebratory dinner. Because her husband, Greg, uh, was looking forward to a promotion today. He's a winner, John. He's a winner, and winners win. Well, I don't know what he's won. Um, maybe, uh, maybe an award for biggest douche. Because he comes <laughs> home like the record has run all the way down. The lights are off. Yeah, you know, Jones in her under things on the couch. Sure, and uh, he just kind of stumbles in. You know, half cocked. The guy's a guy's an effing mess. Well, and so apparently, here's what happened. This is why he's such a mess. He did not get his promotion. He's not a chief of surgery. He's not going to get promoted. If he wants to continue surgery, he needs to go out of town. If he wants to continue being a doctor, he needs to pick a different profession. He uh, had been, his fingers don't have brains. His right? fingers have no brains. His fingers have no. And to be to be fair, John, my, mine don't either. I don't know about that. I'm not trying to be a surgeon. No. But I don't... Do, now, do your fingers have brains? Really little ones. <laughs> like uh, like squirrel brains. Right. They have little squirrel brains in each L- finger. In each finger. I love it. I love it. But, uh, you know, um, Joan uh, handles it. I mean, you know, she could have broken the vase over his head for the way he was behaving. But she's very supportive. And he's like, look, you got to get another job. Um, and she's just busted up about that. You know, yeah. She's, you know, she just got caught crap at the office from, from, you know, English douche. And now she's got to put up with this. Um, you know, really kind of a tough day, I think, for her. Um, now, have you ever been to a bar called the Dublin House? The Dublin House? Yeah, that's where that's where the guy was drinking all day. Wait, oh, I, don't, I can look it up. I No, I don't think so. All right. But anyways, that was kind of what he said. He's, he's just that he's, he, uh, he left early afternoon from the hospital instead of celebrating with everybody about the other doctor's promotion. He just went and, and drank himself into a stupor for 
10 hours. This place looks pretty good, though, man. Oh, it is. It's a real place. It's a real place. It's Where on I? 79th Street, so that's why, I'm not, that's why I have not been there. That's way up from you. Oh, my God. You, ever, you never venture up there. I, I, you know, I, we used to go... Actually, and that's not true. Um, I used to go to this place called Dive 75, <clears throat> which would be on 75th, and this is on 79th. So, actually, I used to go to a bar very close to here, but that was years ago. Um, but, uh, but, but, but no, I have, it, but I, honestly, uh, I would encourage anyone to, it looks, it looks awesome and it looks right out of the time period too. Huh. Like it's got an awesome marquee that says the Dublin and uh, there's a tap room bar. It looks awesome. I actually, I really want to go now. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. You want to go to this place. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad we've established that. There you go. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think Joe was quite as excited when the night ended. Mm. Uh, you know, and, and we uh, so we, we get out of her place where she's very down, and we go just for an instant to Don, who's very up. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not even asleep because he's so excited that he's going to get to like be a world traveler and have all of this responsibility and all of this power. I mean, he's thrilled, and uh, and then just down the hall, poor Sally Draper is like in panic with her little nightlight on, and uh, just. Not asleep. Here's the thing. How can you blame Sally Draper for being a little freaked out, right? Like, dealing with d- death at a young age is crazy. But yeah. for some reason, um, especially, Betty is just like, what? She needs she needs to pull her shit together. Right, especially, you know, when it's somebody that when it was as close to her as possible. I mean, yeah, and then the baby is freaking her out. Uh, all kinds of issues, but that was uh, you know I, I, it's amazing how they can do that, how they can get so much out of every every minute of the show. Yeah, uh, and then we then we head to the office, and they're here. They're here. The British have arrived. Yeah, and they're not, in. They're not even in red coats this time. Mm. Mm. But they should be because they're just as shitty. Wow. So the, <laughs> you're gonna like lose a third of the listening audience. Wow. Um, not really. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love on each desk they have an American flag and, and the, British uh, flag. the British flag. Brilliant. And uh, and so we got we got three people. We got uh, Sinjin from the nanny. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Guy McKendrick, the young dashing debonair. Uh, we don't even know who he is yet, but he's uh, kind of their their lead guy. Uh, and then we I, and then we have uh, Mr. Harold Ford. I'm not real familiar with this guy. But uh, they all come in. They're all from PPL. Uh, Joan meets them. And Hooker shows them around with, with Kinsey on a guitar. <laughs> oh, my God. What was that? Seriously, man? Like, like is, is that him being creative? <laughs> I, love, I love how, like, they, 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 they so nailed the Kinsey character. <laughs> you know, like, just when you're like, this guy is such an a-hole. He does something else, and you're just like, man. Um, I'm gonna hurt him. I'm yeah. gonna. Tr- I'm gonna. I'm gonna make a time machine to uh, uh, made up fictional pasts. <laughs> I'm gonna get in that time machine and I'm gonna hurt that guy. But you know, if you can't hurt the guy, we can focus on the apparently the three penny tour where they're walking around. Everybody's bustling. The again, we see Kinsey on a guitar. He takes a second to uh, go meet with Peggy. Um, Peggy Olson, they meet with Pete Campbell, 
And uh, they go in the director's office for kind of a weird little handshake. Hi, how you doing? And then walk back out. Um, and then they head over to Lane's office. And say, Lane, great job. And they give him a box. And he's, he opens it. And what's in the box but a stuffed cobra? What? 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 I don't, is that good luck in England? It no, is. It's great. It's There's, not. Oh, it's not. Okay. No, he, no. They're sending him to India. Oh, for Christ's sake. And, and you think India's bad now. Right? Oh. <laughs> I, I, we don't, I, I'm, I think it's safe to say that we don't have any Indian listeners in India. Well, you know, and, and Lane, you know, understandably, he's like, look, you know, I've, I've done a really good job. The family just got, you know, on Eastern Standard Time. I mean, come on. Okay, and, that's, uh, that, is, that is a load. It does not take that long to get on Eastern Standard Time. But but his you know their response was simply don't pout. <laughs> I agree with like, that. Like he's eight years old. I and, agree with uh, it. You know, and, and he's looking at it from a job security standpoint, and, and actually gives them the nod that yes, okay, fine, I'll go. Um, and then they uh, they get everybody together, and we got a little meeting. Right. Okay. All right. And so we're in the meeting room. Now, I, do you remember those from uh, grade school? Because I sure do. The overhead projector. Oh, my God. Dude, yes, I do. I remember them from even junior high. I, I come from an era where uh, overhead projectors were king. With the with the buzz of that fan. I the mean, fan was, going, yeah. and you had the transparency, and you wrote on, you know, they, the teacher yeah. wrote on marker. I always hated those. I had a teacher in junior high who did everything on an overhead projector. Like okay. literally everything. Well, I mean, how is that different from the blackboard? Uh, well, you've got to take your, you've got to take the thing down. I don't, I don't, I just, I don't know. It was dark. I'm, I'm easily <laughs> frightened. I, I'm like, I, I, at that point, I was a little bit like Sally Draper. I needed a nightlight, but you know, I didn't want to embarrass myself in front of the kids. Listen. So, but this guy, they're making good use of it. So uh, they are. Know, um, guy, you know, guy gives Lane a little round of applause for all the work he's done as they're getting giving him the boot to India, uh, which was awkward. And then they they use the overhead projector, and uh, I love that Roger's like, yeah, I'm not on the charts. <laughs> but not only that, what we see and what just absolutely gives Don, uh, you know, the crush is that the the assumption was incorrect. That our new dashing, debonair, highly educated, very experienced young man is getting the position that Don thought he might be mm-hmm. in line for. So he is the one that is going to be um, going back and forth between the two companies. And uh, and as soon as uh, Don sees that, he just goes to doodling. And um, that that I mean that was it. It was just super fast. And they close it up, and everybody leaves. Like, what just happened? And uh, and our your buddy Crane, yeah, is like, uh, he asked what happened, and they're like, well, you're the only one that got a promotion. <laughs> and uh, you know, and, and Cooper even says to Don, like, sorry for my wild imagination. Um, you know, and I think Don's as disappointed as we see Don get usually. Well, but I think you know Don Don knew that that you know it was all just dreams and speculation. Right. I mean, oh, oh! I just noticed this for the first time. 
that the uh, the, the one guy actually writes in Sterling. Yeah, you know, you hadn't seen that before? Not the first time. Oh, no, that's the, best. That. <laughs> that's the best point. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He just takes a marker and gives, like, and he, like, he just makes, like, a, a point off the tree in a just random area. Right, right. Uh, just... Sterling. Sterling. Yeah, it's great. It's great. So, uh, you know, I think this leaves everybody with a little bit of concern about, you know, how is it going to be run? How are we going to have a guy above us who's not really here, um, you know, making calls? And uh, you know, there's a lot of, I think, some discontent. Sure. But, you know, like Cooper says, they bought us. They can do whatever they want. We took their money. You know? You're right. Right. They're the ones in charge. That's right. So, and of course, you know, Crane, Crane's happy. Uh, but now, now we get to, I think, you know, we really fall into the fantasy part of the Mad Men. I think this is the best scene of, of, <laughs> of at least this episode, if not the entire series. Really? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> uh, way to back up your statement. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. I, you know what, John, I'm having a hard time. I feel really rusty from the last, I, I need to do like, we need to do like six pre-shows and get me up to speed again. All right. Well, this, th- we're, this is a good kickoff. I, no one would notice. You don't think so? Yeah, they would. Okay. Um, so, but uh, but we pull a gift out from under Sally's pillow, which is kind of creepy because there wasn't a gift there when she cleaned the room. What? And the card reads, "A gift for my big sister. Love, Baby Jean." What? Baby Jean's doing what? Baby Jean can shop. Wait, John, are you telling me that Baby Jean? can shop for things and you know I, and sally being the sharp girl that she is like wait a wait a second hold on that baby he can't i've seen this kid he can't write for christ's and, sake he's a baby this is, this is where not only sally but the united states has a bomb dropped on it babies get fairies <laughs> to do things <laughs> wait <laughs> but wait so just the united states uh gets a bomb dropped on him here yeah. Uh, the rest of the world knew that babies, the babies were warlocks and could get fairies to do things for them. Well, we know the UK had that in hand. Well, to be and then I, I'm not sure where else Mad Men's available. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, uh, uh, but yeah, so yeah, she pulls out, she pulls out the baby fairy knowledge, and uh, and so he opens it up. It's a Barbie. Now I don't I don't know the history of Barbie. I don't know when they came out. Uh, if this was like a big deal, you know, if this was like a top end uh, toy at the time. But um, she, I don't know. She, where, haven't haven't Bar- Barbies always been popular? Oh, uh, I I know they've always been popular. I don't know how like if they've always been you know, like the every girl toy. I don't know if they were like a high end. toy. I don't know. I don't know the Barbie. All right. But um, but anyways, she's she's less than excited. Um, and, uh, and, and she gets a little condescending pat from Betty saying, you're very important to me too. Not true. And to be honest, let's, let's be, let's be perfectly frank here. This, uh, this doll is creepy on it's, its own. What? No, it's a Barbie, man. I, how, how? Uh, did you see the eyes? I'm, I'm looking at it right now. I, I, it's a Barbie, man. The, okay. I just, I feel like the eyes are painted in a way that, you know, it really could come from a, a warlock fairy army. <laughs> a warlock Fairy arm. Well, you got a point there. Uh, and so that's, you know, he's not happy. Here's the thing, though. Do, yeah. now, do you have to get Betty Monster a little bit of credit 
for at least trying, kind of. And I mean, she did it completely wrong, but she's kind of trying. Uh, yeah. I mean, or I guess do you I... have to give her no credit because she's just trying to buy her way out of trying? You could look at it either way. You could also look at it from a third direction of that she's not really doing this at all for Sally. That she's doing it so that you know Sally doesn't cause problems for Baby Jean. So. Those, man, there's no, those eyes are not right. I listen, buddy. I it's it's just how things were made back all then. Right. I don't. Right. I can't. Okay. We then jump back to the office, John. Yeah, we got booze. Uh oh. This guy. Let me tell you this. He's smooth. He is. He's a smooth operator, John. I tell you what. I I would love to have half his talent. One thing that I did learn from him was earlier in the episode where he says, "When and I and I've been doing this all week." All week I've been saying to people when I meet them, I say, uh, hello, I know everything about you and I can't wait to talk to you more later with clearly no intention of talking to them ever again, right? let alone more later. Right. But telling someone that you know everything about them, key. Is that big? Listeners, I'd like you to take this opportunity to turn to the person next to you, whether you're on a commute. Hell, you could be on the subway. You could just turn to your kid who's sitting next to you in the car and say, hey, look him straight square in the eye. I know everything about you. And I think we need to talk more later. And you, my friend, have just won. (laughs) But... And he did do that earlier, but now he's given a toast saying, you know, uh, to Joan, um, you know, thanking her for her service, even though he has just met her. Mm-hmm. And she breaks down, which kind of gives him the willies like it would have. But we all know that she's really breaking down at the that. fact that her life. Well, because he said that she's going on to bigger and better things when indeed, John, she's going on to nothing. Yeah. Cr- crappier things. You can say it. OK. Um, yeah. And uh, <laughs> and so she. um she kind of breaks down to wheel out her Bon Voyage cake. No. Right? Yeah. And uh, and then and then we find out that it's just going to be a party. The breaking out of the booze. Everybody drink and be merry. Hey, that's right. Champagne. It's funny because then the little next shot. Uh, 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 um, uh, Betty. <laughs> Betty. Peggy. Sally. Peggy. Tina. Peggy. There we go. There it was. I, that is, if you're playing the drinking game that everyone uh, used to play, I used to always mix up uh, uh, the two. Betty and Peggy. Betty and Peggy. Um, I just did it there so many times. Like, you literally have to drink a gallon of booze right there. That's how many times I messed it up in my head. Moving on. But yeah, Peggy says, uh, you know, good champagne. Sounds like. I don't think so. I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, That's right. And then we get a random phone call. We do. And we find out that Conrad Hilton's office is on the line. What? And they're like, you know, when can you meet? He's like, right now. He was not having this. The day day was over for Don. This sucks. Yeah. And they're like, fine. Head on over to the Waldorf Astoria presidential suite. He's like, Don walks out. Here we go. So this was, which is just bizarre. Uh, you know, we didn't didn't see this coming to be sure, and uh, and he's out of there. And before we see, you know, where he's going, um, you know, we see Bert and uh, and Roger back in the office, kind of chatting. 
and Roger a little bit uh, a little bit upset about the whole <laughs> the whole fact that he was not on the charts. And well, clearly, I mean, you've got to be upset about that, right? Right, and uh, and you know they're they're saying, look, that's we took their money, just like you said. Yeah, that's how it's gonna go, buddy. Deal with it. And uh, you know, and, and so just a little exchange between the two partners, uh, where of course we see that he's concerned, and and uh, Cooper's just learned to live with it. Indeed. Sometimes that's what you got to do. He's doing a great job. Now, are we over at the Waldorf Astoria yet? Not yet. <laughs> What's going on? First, we get to see what happens when you take an office party. Yeah. You add in a couple dozen handles of booze. What? And you multiply it with a lawnmower. Uh-oh. Yeah. What do you think that equals? Uh, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me add that. I'll, I'm, I'm horrible at math. Uh, the microphone, and the kids in the Vietnam divided by love and as the poos. And then, uh, so, so what, uh, is it Michael Jackson? Great effort. We're going to talk about that later. So, what, what was cool about this, this scene though was that you have, you have, uh, you have Joan who is supposedly going on to what she would want, but is not, and only we know that compared to The Office. And you have Peggy, who has really attained what she thinks she wants, although she's all by herself. So you have these women that have had huge changes from when we met them, and having a moment about their uh, their voyage together. And their, their moment continues to be uh, affected by this lawnmower, because it's being driven first... By one of the art guys, and then by crazy, crazy Lois. No, oh, Lois is a pain in the ass, man. And, and it gets louder and louder. And uh, Peggy's like, "I just want to sell you something." And then, bang! Unfortunately, our young, debonair, dashing, educated guy is run over by a lawnmower. His foot is run over. Unbelievable! This was this was probably I think this is one of the best, one of the best moments of Mad Men. And uh, the 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 foot gets hit. Four people get completely splattered with blood. Not a good time. She runs through the office. Oh, uh, through no no through a window. Through a window into an office. Yeah. He's screaming on the floor. Yeah, probably. We got people covered in blood, and so that that moment is of course gone because Peggy faints, and Joan takes over. You know, puts on a tourniquet. Like you would. Like you would, exactly. Uh, you know, she directs Lois out. She calls for help. She gets pressure. Uh, you know, she just she's she's really great. You know, in a situation, this is exactly how you'd want somebody to act. Um, and that's uh, that's that's the scene. And then we get to go from there to Mr. Hilton's office. Now, we didn't realize that Mr. Hilton was Mr. Hilton because we met Mr. Hilton. At, briefly, very br- briefly. just very briefly, at Roger's wedding party thingy. Oh, close! No, this was at the Yellow Rock Country Club. This was the for the Derby party. Derby party. Derby party. Here's the thing, though. He, he was at a different party, and they just happened to run into each other at the bar, which was empty. Which was empty. And Don made up the drink. And uh, so now we find. So then uh, he goes around asking about a guy who. 
you know, really smart, doesn't talk too much, blah, blah, blah. Finally yeah. finds Don Draper. They come over, they talk. And Connie Hilton wants, <clears throat> beyond looking like an Arab <clears throat> in the Time Magazine <laughs> photo, he really wants, like, just free advertising advice. Right. Which I found to be uh, kind of shitty. Are you kidding, man? People don't get in this position without doing stuff like this. Well, I'm just saying, I was with Don the whole time when he's like, this is my profession. I can't just give this to you for free. And he's like, and he just kind of pouts and it's like, please, come on, man. No, but I think, you know, I think they're both, you know, they're both uh, playing the game the way you'd expect it. You know, Don, Don gives him a little something for the hope of business. And Connie wants a little something to kind of get an idea of. How his mind works. Uh, you know, I think that's fine. All right. Uh, and, you know, I think Don's right on. You don't want to think of mice in your hotel. Oh, no. Yeah, he was totally wrong. And he was totally, he was totally right. And um, I thought it was funny that uh, Connie, uh, Connie was like, oh, that was my idea. Like, really? That was your idea? Kill yourself, man. That was horrible. But this isn't what he does. Yeah. So, um, and, and it's I think it's hysterical that, you know, this was his idea, not a good idea. And yet he has... You know, unlimited resources to have the art mocked up, and you know. Well, I mean, well, all course. you do is tell the agency. You right. say This, you know, oh, that happens all the time, though. Oh, really? Oh, so you think that was an agency? You don't think he just hired his own people? I don't know. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure he had an agency working for him, right? I got you. Yeah, of course, of course. And then, um, and he's like, "Oh, here, I they deal with the mouse, and then yeah, they, they, they take it from there." But it was interesting because uh, you know Don. Connie says, well, what, what do you want? And he goes, I'd like a chance at your business. And even here, you know, the, the whole relationship, which we'll see come forth uh, in other episodes, is very unequal, manipulative. You know, he's like, okay, next time you get a question like that from someone like me, you got to think bigger. Um, and, and Don gives the, uh, the snake story, which I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, and true, of course. Can 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 you retell the snake story for me? Uh yeah, I mean the the gist is that, you know, some of the uh, the larger snakes out there, the constrictor snakes, um they've been known to eat uh giant prey. So, you know, alligators or bison or buffalo, and there have been cases where they can't completely get their mouth around it. And so they wind up dying and choking on the the piece of food that they got that was too big. And so he was just pointing out that you don't want to, you know, you don't want to take on something you can't take on. Gotcha. Um, and then we get, we get back to the office, the busted window and blood all over the window. Um, Crane has gotten rid of his blood-stained outfit. And uh, <laughs> and uh, the other douche crew is sitting in the half of an office while the janitor is squeegeeing the blood off. Um <laughs> You know, and, and of course, Roger being Roger, just uh, right when he got his foot in the door, uh, and he says, "You know, he says somewhere in this business, this has happened before." <laughs> <laughs> um, and then from you know, and oh, the whole the whole Connie thing ended with Don getting a call from his office, um, and so after after we see the the blood being squeegeed off, uh, we go to the hospital. Don and Joan. Joan in her still blood-covered dress are in the waiting room. 
and we find out that if you know that he's going to lose the foot, um, you know, an injury like that would be a big deal today. So then, it, there there was no there was no way that they were going to be able to repair the blood vessels, the nerves, uh, the tendons. It was just done. That's um, unbelievable. So, you know, so that that was it. You know, pretty much the entire foot, uh, probably right at the ankle, uh, would get taken off, and. Uh, <laughs> You know, it was um, it was interesting because the you know the, the ad the other ad guys from PPL, they're like you know, he was a great guy, but not going to be able to work in this business anymore. And uh, you know, because they said he'll never golf again. Ah, I have never had to play golf in my professional career, John. That's true. Have you true. have you ever had to play golf? Yeah. Wait, but, but you love putting uh, listeners. John is an accomplished golfer. No, it's it's a, it's a great uh, pastime of mine. I do enjoy it, but at the same time, I mean, there's been many um, outings and events where it's you know it's used as a uh, you know an avenue to to meet people to try and and uh, get your name out there and and for them to do likewise and develop some contacts. And that's you know one of many, along with dinners and meetings and those kinds of things. Has it has it worked for you? Have you developed the contacts? I have. Yeah, I have actually. Right on. Um, so so yeah, so yeah. So the um, so yeah. So anyways, they uh, you know they they offered to pay for Joan's dress, and um, and they head out, and uh, Joan gets ready to head out. You know she, that this is the last day of her job, and there's a nice little goodbye with her and, and Don. Um, you know, at this point, you really feel like it's goodbye. Yeah, but although we know it's not, I mean, we well, okay, we I mean, we do it. It kind of is. Yeah, but um, exactly, it kind of is. And at this point, you you know, as a viewer, you wouldn't know. Yeah, uh, what's going on? So they have a nice goodbye, and so she leaves, and Lane is there, mm-hmm. and um, you know, uh, offers to buy Don a drink, and uh, I thought this was a you know a great uh, literary reference that they end on here is that. Lane goes, you know, I've, I've been reading a lot lately, um, and most recently Tom Sawyer, and says, I feel like I was just at my own funeral. and didn't like the eulogy. And I don't know if you remember your Tom Sawyer. I do. But that's, that's exactly what happens. They feel that, uh, they think that Tom is dead when he's not, and he's hiding in the top of the church when they have his funeral. And, uh, and doesn't necessarily, you know, care for the eulogy, because he wasn't the best kid. Um, and, uh, you know, Lane, because now Lane stays with this, this guy losing his foot. He's staying in New York. Right. And, uh, and the fact that he was going to be simply, you know, boxcarred out, just shipped to the other side of the world um, without a thought to him or his family, uh, really, you know, rubbed him the wrong way. It rubs you the wrong it, it does indeed. It does indeed plays a, chap a your big ass. Hand, big hand in how Lane will act in the future. Oh, Oh, foreshadowing foreshadowing yeah uh and so that's uh, i think that's it for the whole work part and so we head home and um you know it, it turns out that sally has got fed up with her doll and tossed it it's outside in the bushes she can't take it it's too creepy i agree um but don finds it outside thinking maybe she just you know, knocked it over by accident or just left it outside it. playing yeah exactly and so he puts it in her room while she's asleep he heads into the bedroom and and Sally wakes up like this is you know mid exorcism, I mean she screams bloody murder, the uh, the baby wakes up, 
Betty walks in and, uh, you know, with the nightlight looks, I mean, this is a great shot. It, like, I don't know if you're looking at it right now, but when, when Betty walks in, I mean, she just looks terrifying. Well, you know, she's smoking in bed all the time. She is terrifying. It's amazing. It's amazing these kids don't just run away and become like, you know, hobos riding the trains. You know what I mean? Well, no, I know, but I'm just saying like from a from a shot, you know, from an artistic Give, give me a time. photography standpoint. Uh uh 4306. Oh. Oh. Yeah, that's a good one. You know, just the way they have the underlighting and and yeah, it's, it's she's evil. Kind of she's all she's all evil. Baby. Yeah, yeah, and you know, because because she's you know cut, she's coddling the baby. Don's coddling, uh, uh, Sally, and uh, it's not, it's just it's not great. So, anyways, uh, Betty finally takes the baby out, and you know Don again. I think does a great job. He's like you know look, he's a baby. There are no ghosts. He has his name. But he doesn't, you know, because because Sally's freaking out. She's like, he's in his room. He looks like him. He has his name. He, you know, she, she thinks it's the ghost or the incarnate or something, mm-hmm. the the anti gene or whatever. Well, it's a warlock. I think I think that she realizes that it's a warlock right, right. baby, and I mean, she's, she's lucky to be down. alive still. And uh, and, and you know, sounds like nope, it's it's a baby, you know, and, and tries to be comforting, and um, and then you know him and uh, and. Uh, Betty get into a little bit about the whole name and, uh, you know, you never liked the name and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, but then Sally comes in and apologizes and they have a little moment um, where everything seems to be somewhat reconciled. So it ends on a, on a little bit of a nice note. It does. It does. Uh, uh, Don in the baby's room with Sally being like, listen, come here. Everybody, let's get along. Works out okay, John. Yeah, works out okay. Nice job, nice job. I think you shook off the rust very well. Yeah, I don't. I I feel. I feel. I feel. I feel weighed down with rust right now, John. I feel like I've I've let you down. Um, All I can do is try harder next time. And and, you know, I think that's uh, everyone will expect that. Sure, sure. Uh, Now, John, you know, I doubt we're getting any emails anymore. Well, here's the thing. We've been off so long. Yeah. Uh, we, we've definitely had that time for a few to accumulate. Well, why don't, why don't I open the mailbag and you just you just take us through them? All right. Uh, we'll just hit a, uh, hit up a couple of these yeah, here. Yeah. Can I open the mailbag, John? It's a, tra- it's a tradition on the on, on the damn show. I don't know. Can you? <clears throat> <Ba-do-ba-do>. <laughs> it's, again, again, I'm very rusty. That was the best I could do at the time. Uh, well, I'll, I'll just... Um... I'll, I'll take it from the top with our uh, our frequent emailer Hugh. Oh, still not from Florida. Oh, Hugh, I didn't see this. Hugh, is he just emailing no, you now? No, no, no. This was some time ago. But uh, Hugh, Hugh has gotten into sending us some images of him in his Don Draper shades of Palooza. So he has the bombers, and he's worn them in multiple areas. And so we've gotten a few pictures yeah, yeah. from Hugh. Um, and he also sent over the uh, the website on where you can pick these up. Um, it was it, it, w- it was uh, pretty fun, um, and uh, we we'd like to you know thank you for that. Uh, we got another one from Neil. Uh, Neil says hi. He's from Belfast. <laughs> Belfast. 
and uh, uh, and he's the illustrator who drew Betty Monster. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, just, be, just before I settle down with your latest podcast, I thought I'd take time to share my latest creation, uh, where he has painted Joan Harris uh, playing the accordion. Oh, yep, I remember that. I saw that. Well done, Neil. Uh, he, he's, uh, he's printed up 20 copies and was kind enough to send the show one. Get out. So, that, yes, Neil, it looks fantastic. And we'll go ahead and try and get this uh, link up uh, on the Facebook as well as the website. So, but thank you, Neil. It's really cool. Uh, if you guys get a chance, go ahead and check this out. It was it was a, a neat, neat little piece of art. Uh, it's easily framed, and, and uh, we have it in the studios now. It looks great. Um, we got another one from Sean. Hey, guys. I will be the opposite than your recent two sparsely recorded podcasts. They are awesome because you are awesome, full of the spunk that Mad Men deserves. I'm actually ahead of you in seeing the whole series before next uh before next year's season, while season four uh, awaits. I can't wait to hear your recap on the next episodes, which just get angry and moodier, kind of like uh, some of your most funniest moments, um, uh, saying that he really enjoyed the fog. So uh, thank you. Uh, thank you, Neil. We appreciate it, Neil. Uh, You're the best, buddy. Uh, we got a friend. Uh, we got one from our friend D in the UK. Oh, no. Yep, our United Kingdom friend. I'm gonna apologize, D, for and it says uh, it's happened. your friend. It's, it's your friend D, and she says she's a female. Ha ha. From the UK, I guess she had some questions about that in the past, and she says she's just returned from holiday, and her younger youngest daughter Michaela has recently moved out. So was uh, she was cleaning her room and thought she'd check out the latest blog while clearing stuff. And uh, just when I thought things couldn't get any funnier, you read out your emails. I was surprised and pleased to be mentioned along with. Uh, Janine, Paul was so funny, and no, she was not in a flash mob rob, which you had asked about. And please put his mind at rest. I have sent messages to iTunes and hoped it worked. Thank you for that, Jan- uh, D. Anyways, we laughed so much yet again. Keep up the good work, and mm. we'll keep listening. Thanks for making it a day, my day. Um, and we've got a couple more, but I think we'll save that because we're going to try and get a few more out before the show starts. I do want to say that if you take a look at our iTunes, we've cracked the 100 response. I know, 101, except the guy in Texas posted three times. Uh, does that, does that, I don't think those all count, I think right? every one of those count, yeah. We'll take it. Yeah, I don't care. Hey, any, any way you can. You know what I'm saying? And then I don't know if you saw the guy before him. Yes, French people uh, are bad. French people are bad. Listen, you know what, uh, listeners? I've I've got to thank you. I've got to thank you for embracing the fact that uh, really the French are difficult to deal with um, and are indeed just bad people. Uh, again, if we have any <laughs> if we have any French ris- listeners, oh, just stop? I'm sorry. I just let let me finish, John. Please. Yeah, uh, if we have any French listeners, of course, as always, I encourage you to stop listening. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how you can stand the sound of my stupid American voice. Um, It's bad enough we have to choke down your French fries. (laughs) Freedom fries. Thank Um, you. And and so uh, thank you. Anybody that would like to leave a comment on the iTunes, we really appreciate it. And anybody that hasn't read some of these, they're hysterical. They're great. Uh, Yeah, we we get the. I think I think we can easily say we get the best. Uh, customer reviews on iTunes uh, and, the, and, and anything. Um, and 
you know, absolutely. No, it's it's really it's really a pleasure for us to read. And uh, if you haven't checked it out on the Facebook, uh, we're at Mad Men Recap, and we've got a lot of posts over the off time. Uh, a lot of people saying how much they missed us, which we really appreciate. And sorry it took so long. Uh, there were a lot of comments about the Bobby Draper um, interview, which was hysterical. And um, and again, apparently one of our um, one of our French Facebook followers, Helen. Uh, posted that March 25th is when we can look forward to season five. I mean, how does she know? She's French. That's what she She's said. She's not even here. But uh, but but we're we're uh, climbing in the uh, the Facebook, and we'll hopefully be a little more involved in that here over the next couple of weeks as we climb towards the finish. Uh, the the outline for the upcoming shows before season five um, is now that we've gotten this one in the books. We got the last. Show the last podcast, the last episode that we've never done, episode seven of season three. That'll be next. And then I thought we would do one season four and season four finale wrap up Mm -hmm. to get everybody ready and excited for season five. Oh, man. And then we will really tune things up with our predictions episode. Oh, man. Wait, so you want to do the finale again? Uh,. Kind of, I, you know. I think we can blow through the finale, do just a little bit of a season, a season recap. You know, real quick. This is where the the characters went. Okay. And uh, and 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 then do um, you know, a very fast finale recap, a season recap. That'll be one episode, and then the season five predictions. That'll. I mean, we had so much fun with that last time. Uh, we'll go ahead and, and get that set up for maybe a week or so before the premiere. Okay. Okay, 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 okay. All right, I can do well, all that. Thanks. Uh, I, w- I would like to uh, say to the listeners, uh, I am not on Facebook anymore, so that I don't see a lot of the Facebook. But John runs that thing like a hawk. Well done, John. Uh, if 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 you want some fun stuff from me, I tend to do the Twitter um, for the show a bit more. So uh, please follow us on Twitter. We are Mad Men Recap. Uh, you can find us there on Twitter under that name. Uh, we are on Facebook. We have the madmenrecap.com. That's our website. And please email us because we effing love it and we'll read it on the show. So it's staff at madmenrecap.com, John. Now that goes to both John and I. I read them. John responds to them. You get a personalized Dr. John response to every email you send. So if you're feeling lonely, send, send one over. We'll get right back to you. Great show. Good show, buddy. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my special exercises, and hopefully next show I will be on my game. Can't wait. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.